0: Welcome to To Adjusted Reality, a podcast series trusted by the adjusted and brought to you by the Foundation for Chiropractic Progress, where we learn from athletes, celebrities, influencers, and healthcare professionals about how to optimize health in a fun, relatable way. Join me, Dr. Sherry McAllister, as we welcome stem cell biologist, best-selling author, and speaker, Dr. Bruce Lipton, to talk about his latest books and how to retrain your consciousness to foster healthy beliefs and improve overall well-being. Dr. Bruce Lipton is an internationally recognized leader in bridging science and spirit, stem cell biologist, best-selling author of The Biology of Belief, and recipient of the 2009 Goa Peace Award He has been a guest speaker on hundreds of TV and radio shows, as well as a keynote presenter for national and international conferences. It is a great honor and pleasure to bring Dr. Bruce Lipton to adjusted reality. Welcome to our podcast, Dr. Lipton. Yay! Yay!
1: (laughs) I'm so happy to be here with you, Dr. Sherry. I want to thank you for this opportunity because I know your mission is so important in helping us evolve into the future and avoid the stresses and help create the lives that we want. And uh, I especially want to thank our audience because it's our audience that are the actual participants in an evolutionary upheaval going on at this minute. So it sounds like we might have something interesting to talk about between all of that.
0: I think we're going to have a lot of fun. You know, you and I share something after reading the the recent three books, and I, I'm going to share with the audience something very important is I've had the luxury of reading thousands of thousands of pages and listening to many of Dr. Bruce Lipton's um, podcasts and recordings. So I, I want to make sure that I do my very level best to just give him a shout out on his three books that I recently read. One is called The Honeymoon Effect, The Science of Creating Heaven on Earth. And that's where I am right now. The Spontaneous Evolution, Our Positive Future, and then the one that we'll probably really dive into, which is The Biology of Belief. So if any one or all three of those um, interest you, please do reach out and get those books, because I will tell you, it's the three books I just read are the Trilogy of Complete and Utter understanding of well-being. And that's why we're here at Adjusted Reality. So we're going to get into some very interesting questions with you, Dr. Lipton. And I want to start with, we have a very interesting um, current world that we're living in. We've, we've come through a pandemic. We do see in currently the United States of America, and I say hello to the other 101 countries that are now listening to us, but I, I want to share with the audience that you come from a really, really interesting background because you are a cellular molecular microbial biologist, so we share that together, but you also started in, in teaching in the medical realm. And you came to this amazing epiphany that there is a huge difference between what we classically call the medical model versus the holistic model. So I'm going to ask you, share where you came from, because I remember reading it in the book and how excited you were to run into the school and share with the students. Share a little bit about what that means and why it changed your life.
1: Well, it's a long story, so I'll try and encapsulate it. I appreciate the uh, uh, preview. Uh, So let's just start with the fact that um, I was cloning stem cells back in 1967. So uh, a bunch of you weren't even born yet, but I was hanging out, growing cells in a laboratory. And when I say cloning, first that means by putting one cell on a Petri dish, and letting it divide every 10 or 12 hours so the population keeps doubling versus one, two, four, eight, sixteen, thirty-two, 16, 32, boom. And it gets up. But the important point about cloning is that all the progeny from that first cell are genetically identical. So I have a Petri dish with genetically identical cells in it. And they're called stem cells. And so we need to say, oh yeah, you've heard of stem cells. And I say, well, let me give you what a stem cell is all about, not as this. Every day, every second, <laughs> every second, you're losing about 3 million cells. Just, oh, I'm sorry, I keep talking so long because every time, second I'm talking, 3 million cells dying, 3 million cells dying. Uh, and the significance is, well, obviously, if you can't replace those dying cells, then you're in a lot of trouble. <laughs> and so mixed in our population of 70, up well, let's start with 50 trillion cells, a little sidebar this oh here's 50 trillion cells oh that's like you know trillion cells and i go no you know if you want listen to this if you were going to count all of your cells one at a time one two three four five six whatever it would take you you're ready one million six hundred and fifty thousand years of counting 24 hours a day wow if you think about that i say That's a big number, isn't it? (laughs) It's a damn big number. Uh, So you're losing uh, millions uh, every second. But, you know, when you have trillions, which is a thousand times a thousand times that, uh, basically, um, it's not that big a number, except every day it is. You lose hundreds of billions at the end of the day. And I say, well, you're still here. Ah, If you're still here and listening to this program, then you have what are called stem cells. Because in your population of cells making muscle, bone, and all that other stuff, there's a population called stem cells, but their original name was called embryonic cells. But once you were born, I can't call it embryonic cells because you're not an embryo. We changed the name. So stem cell is still an embryonic cell. It can replace anything that's dying. Okay. So point very quickly. I'm growing a clone from one stem cell. So I have, uh, after a week, 30,000 cells in a dish, all genetically identical. I split those cells into three Petri dishes, and I change what is called the culture medium. That's the environment that cells grow in, okay? Now, the big secret is this. Culture medium is the laboratory version of blood, I grow human cells. I say, what's human blood made out of? And I put those chemicals together and create what is called culture medium, synthetic human blood in that sense. And I go, uh, well, interesting, since I'm creating in a lab, I changed a little bit of the chemistry. So I have three different versions of culture medium, environment, that's what the cells grow in. And so uh, let's just put it this way, three dishes of genetically identical cells, A, B, and C. Each one got a different culture medium, so environment A, environment B, environment C. And I said, what was the result? After three days, in dish number one, environment A, the cells form muscle. In dish number two, with environment B, the cells form bone. And dish number three, with environment C, the cells form fat cells. Now, you have to realize, at the time I'm doing this research in the medical school, I'm teaching students that genes control life. So now I have a very interesting situation. Genetically identical cells in three dishes expressing three developmentally different fates. So the question is, what controlled the fate of the cells? And I said, well, they're all the same genetically. It was the environment that was the chemistry that was selecting the genetic activity. I go, wait, I thought we were supposed to, genes were turned on and off by themselves. I go, simple fact, gene is a blueprint to make a protein, which is a building block of your body. So when you look in the mirror and see yourself, you're looking at a protein machine, okay? The genes are the blueprints to make the proteins, okay? And I said, yes, they're the blueprints. Now all of a sudden I said, well, wait, go into an architect's office and she's working on a blueprint. I want you to ask her hey, is your blueprint on or off? And she would look at you, what are you, crazy? There's no on and off to a blueprint? Well, how wonderfully correct that is because genes are blueprints. They cannot turn on and off. And all of a sudden you realize you've been programmed the belief that your genes turn on and off and in the process control the character of your life. We have programmed you to believe you're a victim of your heredity. Oh my God. There's cancer running in the family, and I think I'm going to get the cancer gene and die of the cancer. And I say, whew, bad idea. Because the point is this, just for fun of it, there's not one gene that causes cancer. What about the BRCA gene for breast cancer, which uh, scares the hell out of all the women? Mm -hmm. You go, well, 50% of the women that carry the gene never get the cancer. I said, what the heck does that mean? Stop for one second. What does that mean? You ready? Possession of the gene didn't cause cancer. Then what was it? They all had the cancer gene. Disharmony in one's life, anger, not resolved, um, feeling of uh, no, no self love. I go, th- these are the um, significant causes of cancer. In fact, 90% of disease. Because you always used to have been programmed, oh, the genes cause disease. And I go, less than 1%, get it again loud, less than 1% of disease is connected to genetics. Whoa. And else the healthcare crisis coming from? Oh, over 90% of disease is connected to stress. Oh,
0: There's their adjusted reality right there, Dr. Lifton. 90% of
1: Of, of, disease
0: is caused by stress.
1: By stress. Okay. And so it becomes very important to recognize something. I say, what is it? Well, number one, the belief that genes program your life is 100% false. And yet you grew up with a belief that your life was somewhat out of your control. Uh, And now I'm going to tell you that belief system is... 100 percent false 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 why genes cannot turn on and off genes are blueprints and i say well then who who uses or what you know what good is a blueprint to an architect it's everything i go then oh i have gene blueprints there's an architect i go yes you ready the mind is the architect that not only selects the genes but can alter the readout of the genes. Do you know that, again, 9 out of 10 cancers are caused by lifestyle? Lifestyle. I go, yes, and and the reason is what? Well, let's go back to my experiment. The culture medium studies showed that the culture medium is chemistry is what's controlling genetics and behavior, and that's cells in a plastic dish. Now, let's make the picture big. And I go, you are a skin-covered Petri dish. Underneath your skin, you have 50 trillion, oh, that's a big number, 50 trillion cells, okay? And I go, guess what? You have culture medium. It's called blood. That's the original culture medium. Now, big question. Does it make a difference if the cell is in the plastic dish or in the skin covered dish in regard to the environment, the culture medium, controlling his face. I said, it doesn't make a difference if the cells in the dish or in your body. It's controlled by the chemistry of the culture medium. I go, wait, my blood is the culture medium. I go, yep. And then what controls the chemistry of my blood? Because that controls my genetics and my behavior. And I go, guess what? And this is most amazing. Whatever picture you have in your mind, the brain's job is to translate the picture into what is called complementary chemistry that matches the picture and release that chemistry into the blood, which then goes to the 50 trillion cells in your culture dish, and the blood, just like in the plastic dish, will control the genetics and the behavior of your cells And the significance about that, then all of a sudden it says, well, then what controls your biology and your health? And the answer is your mind. Oh, I go, why is that big deal? I go, because when you've been programmed the belief that the genes controlled your life, you were a victim because as far as you know, you didn't pick them, you can't change them. Apparently they turn on and off by themselves, you're not involved, you're a victim of your heredity. I go, no, wait. The new science about how environment Culture medium, blood, control your cells is called epigenetics. You go, oh, I've heard that. I say, well, you ought to know more than heard that for this reason. It's a revolution in the planet. You go, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, big talk. And I go, yes. You know why? Because you've been programmed to believe that this disease is under genetic control, which means what? This gene controls that disease. Okay. I go, that's a a completely false statement because genes don't control anything. They're blueprints. They have no action to turn on and off. I say, but the new science explains it. I say, what it's called epigenetic control. (laughs) What do you mean this character is under epigenetic control? I go, you know what epi means? Above. What do you think you call skin? Underneath the layer of skin, is a special layer called the dermis so if the skin is above the dermis we could call it epidermis now i say epigenetic control i say what does that mean ready control epi above the genes and all of a sudden says, wait a minute there's something that controls the genes not the genes i go yes and i already told you the chemistry of your culture medium your blood yeah, and I say, yeah, but who controls that? Well, we already said that. The brain controls that. And then I go, yeah, but what chemistry should the brain put into the blood? And the answer comes all the way full circle It says, your mind is creating this. And I go, wow, that sounds so new agey. Uh, I just want to give you a little emphasis here, a little kick in the pants about something. The most valid science on planet Earth is quantum physics. There is no science with more truth in it than quantum physics. I go, so what? What does this have to do with this? Well, quantum physics, the mechanisms of the universe, physics, that's the definition. I go, so what does it mean? Quantum physics reveals something that will blow your mind, and it'll be very hard for you to adjust to at this minute, but fortunately, someday you're going to have to learn. There's no such thing as matter because you've been programmed to see the universe, matter and invisible stuff, energy. And I go, well, guess what? Matter is made out of energy. I go, what the hell are you talking about? I go, remember an atom, you know, looks like a little solar system with a nucleus, protons and neutrons, and then spinning all around are electrons. I say, what are those particles made out of? Uh, and then you start to find out some smaller particles, okay? And I go, yeah, but what are those smaller particles made out? Bottom line, bottom, what makes the first particle? Vortex of energy. A nanotornado of energy is the core of every atom. And it spins and it has force. And I go, so what? I say, the atom is made out of energy. (laughs) But you're made out of atoms. Well, sorry, folks. Then if you have to understand, you're made out of energy. A lot of people right now are sitting in their room going, what the hell is he talking about? I, energy's invisible, but I can see me. I can look in the mirror. There I am. I go, guess what? You're not seeing you. I said, what are you seeing? When you turn the lights on, lights have particles called photons, like a beam. And when those photons hit your energy field, they're reflected back. So what you see is a layer of photons that is the shape of your energy field. Underneath the photons, you can't see anything. That's like, there are always people, I laugh, uh, they laugh because I say, hey, the only reason you can see me is the lights are on. What happens if the lights are off? Oh, you can't see me. Well, guess I'm still there. (laughs) I'm energy. And the new scan systems you're familiar with, MRI, you know, scans like that, they don't read light they read energy only. Don't read light. Energy. And yet, when you look at a scan, you can see the bones, the muscles, the nerve tracts. You can see all of this. I say, what are you seeing? Why? The scan does not see light. It only reads invisible energy. I go, yeah, but the scan shows all this stuff. I go, because your energy is organized. That's, oh, okay. So, we're back to the fact now that everything is energy okay and now i say now what well here we go Let, should i just keep going sherry you want to stop oh, me i I'm,
0: i i'm absolutely lovely because you're actually taking the questions right on my mind so this is this is the the quantum <laughs> transfer of energy so please Continue with Albert Einstein's okay. quote, which is, everything is energy and that it's all there. That's all there is to it. Match the frequency of the reality you want, and you cannot help but get that reality. This is adjusted reality. So, Dr. Lipton, please continue.
1: Oh, I was so happy to continue because it's a great story now, okay? And I say, what about it? And I say, the proteins in your body are the building blocks that give you your physical expression. And proteins respond to the energy in the field. I go, the field? I go, yeah, wherever you're sitting right now, guess what? There are television broadcasts, radio broadcasts, cell phone broadcasts, solar energy is coming in. You're in a, an aquarium of energy. It's called the field. I go, yeah, it is. I go, so what's important about this? Well, energy is the sole governing agency of matter, what we perceive matter. And this is an Albert Einstein quote. Energy is the sole governing agency of matter. So all of a sudden it says, well, there's what we perceive to be matter, which is that strange energy. But the other energy, the ones that are waves and vibrations and broadcasts, they control the shape of your matter. So what does that mean? I say, well, your body is controlled by energy fields. And I go, yes, and here we go. Field, oh, you're going to love this, hold on. Field, definition, invisible moving forces that influence the physical world. Magnetic field, electric field, invisible energy, but it, it shapes the physical world. That's the law of physics. And I go, so what? So I go, yes, everything is energy, and your thoughts are energy, and guess what? You're not even in your body. Oh, no, now Lipton's jumped off the track. And I go, no, wait a minute, wait a minute. Everything's energy. And on the surface of your cells, there are a set of what are called protein receptors. They're invisible through our eyes. You can't see. in the electron microscope. Uh, they're antennas. Uh, there's a special set of these antennas. I go, what are they? They're called self-receptors self-receptors. I say, yes, it receives self. I go, guess what? This is important. You can't transplant an organ from one person to another unless you cause their immune system to shut down. Because if you put a foreign organ in, the immune system will say not self and reject it. Then the question is, since the immune system sees physical things, what is the immune system looking at if it knows self from not self? I go, a set of antennas on your cells. That's your antennas. If other cells with different antennas come in, the immune system goes, that doesn't belong here. And -hmm. we'll eliminate it, okay? So what the hell is Lipton getting at? Well, he's getting at the greatest story of humanity. You ready? Here it goes. You ready? Ready? (laughs) Our identity is determined by our self-receptors. So if you put your cells into another person, their immune system will look at your self-receptors on the transplant and go, that's not us, different set of receptors, and destroy it. Then I say, well, there's no two people with the same set of receptors. I go, nope, there are no two people with the same set. I say, yeah, but what are the receptors doing? Receiving. I say, what? An energy field. I go, what's energy field? Invisible moving forces that influence the physical world. And I go, huh, woo, woo. I love this because there's another word, spirit. I say, what's spirit? Invisible energy <laughs> forces that are manipulating the physical world. I go, spirit and field have the same definition? I go, yeah. Your identity is a broadcast. It's a spirit. It's an energy field, and it's playing through your mind, and your body is like a virtual reality suit. When spirit gets into it, guess what it can do? It can see. It can smell. It can taste. It can hear. It can feel. I go, whoa. You know what? Your life experiences are being sent back to your vibrational source because your brain translates your experiences into vibration, which are sent back to source. I go, okay, wait, Bruce, you're really confusing me. Okay, so let's simplify. Here we go. Your body is like a television set. And there are antennas on your cells that are receiving a broadcast. The broadcast is your field, oh, also called spirit. No two people have the same field going through because they each have different sets of receptors so each human is their own television receiving station i am the bruce television playing the bruce show is the show built into the television no the show is a broadcast played by the television i go okay what the hell is going on and here's the whole secret you are playing a broadcast your spirit as the broadcast, it plays through your mind, and your mind converts the spirit into creativity. What is it you wish for? What is it you desire? I go, that's your creativity, because that comes from the conscious mind, the creative mind. I go, cool. The mind is controlling my life. I say, the mind? No, no, wait, wait. The mind sounds like there's one mind. Uh Uh-uh. There are two minds. One is called conscious, one is called subconscious. I said, what's the difference? Conscious is the one connected to your broadcast. That's the spirit connection. It's the creative mind. If I ask you what you want, that's a creative thought. And you'll say, well, I want this. I want want to be healthy. I want to have a great relationship. I want to have a great job. I go, yeah, that's creative thinking right out of the creative conscious mind connected to your wishes and desires. I go yep that's the function of the conscious mind creativity connected to you i go yeah but what's the other mind which is <laughs> a 10 times larger mind in a sense physically it's called the subconscious i go what's the subconscious okay another analogy comes in but it's not it's called the homology it's exactly the same your brain is a computer not like a computer it is a computer, and it has the same functions as your laptop. I go, what does that mean? I say, let's uh, take a story from, we go back to the old days before they put the programs in the computer. Let's go back then and say, you bought a brand new computer, and you plugged it in, you push start, the screen lights up, it's booted. Now I say, do something. And you go, no, I can't do anything. You got a brand new computer. And you say, Not until I put programs in. Can I use a computer? I go, oh, you need programs to start that you can then play. And I go, yeah. So you download programs. Okay. Then what? Now you could add your wishes and desires because you're the one that operates the keyboard. So whatever your wishes and desires are, you type them onto the keyboard and it plays through the program. Okay. Got an important point to share with you here, folks. The conscious mind can type on the keys and put in wishes and desires, but the conscious mind has to observe the world. It has to see what's going on. So I say, yeah, the conscious mind is looking through your eyes like through the window of a vehicle, and you're driving your bio- your biology vehicle uh, with your conscious mind looking on the road, taking you where to want to go, wishes and desires. I go, great. Uh-oh, something else. I go, what? The conscious mind can think. So what the hell's the difference? I say, being creative is looking out the window with wishes and desires. To think, the conscious mind has to go inside, not look outside, because thoughts are on the inside. So like today is Thursday, and I could ask Dr. Sherry, I say, uh, Doc, tell me what you're doing on Saturday, and it may not even be written in front of her face, but I know in a moment she'll say, oh, I'm doing this I said, where'd you get that? Oh, I thought about it. I go, ah, when you're thinking, you're not looking out. I go, so what? I say, when you're thinking, you're looking in. I say, what if you're driving a car and you're thinking, and I can tell you the absolute truth, you're no longer looking out the windshield. Oh, but, oh my God, I'm not looking out the window. I go, yeah, but guess what? You're thinking the car's still going. You didn't hit anybody. You're still driving a speed limit. You're doing everything. I go, then who's driving the car? Well, it's a program. You learned how to drive the car. And the subconscious is called autopilot. What does that mean? If the conscious is busy doing some tasks, the subconscious will step in and do the tasks that you're not paying attention to. So if uh, you're having a wonderful conversation in the car with somebody... And then you look out the window and you say, oh, my God, I haven't paid attention to the road for the last five minutes. But yeah, you're still there. Nobody got hurt. Things looking good. Uh, I always joke. I say, hey, you know, it's fun. Tell your partner you're talking to and say, you know what? I haven't looked out the window for five minutes. You know, they love that. But the point about it is this. I asked two questions on that experience. I say, what were you talking about? You go, oh, we talked about this and this and this. I go, Good. And now tell me what was on the road while you were talking. And you go, I don't know. And the reason is this when you focus your attention off, then you're missing everything else because the conscious mind's now focused on that one thing conversation, but it's not looking out the window. And I go, So what's the point? God bless, here we come to what is the finally the big monkey moment. I say, What is it? And the answer is this we think 95% of the day is the average time that a person is thinking. Stop for a second. I say, what the hell does that mean? I say, wishes and desires under the control of the conscious mind driving. But it only drives 5% of the day. 95% of the day your attention's not paying any attention to what's going on outside because your attention's inside thinking. So your life is now being run by autopilot subconscious program. I go, oh, wait a minute. I say, you mean, my program is running my life? I go, 95% of the day. Now I say, so where's the problem with that? Where did you get your programs? I go, ah. I got that computer, had no programs. I couldn't use it. So guess what? The first seven years of a child's life, their brain is not functioning at the higher vibration of consciousness. The first seven years of a child's life, the brain is functioning what is called theta. Theta is imagination. I go, yeah. Oh, the famous tea party. We poured nothing into the cup we drank nothing but it was the best tea we ever had or you're riding a broom in that child's mind it is not a broom because theta in imagination turns it into an actual horse in the mind of that child so the mother says where's my broom? give me the broom and the child looks at her like what are you talking about because he's not on a broom he's on a horse in his mind theta but theta is hypnosis. Okay, What? where are we getting at? You need a program to get your machine off the ground. The first seven years of your life, you get programmed for what? Because guess what? You need to be a member of a family, and there are a lot of rules you got to follow, otherwise you're going to get spanked. And you got a lot of rules you got to follow out in the world outside to be part of the culture. And I said, well, how does an infant gonna know the rules. Can't go to school. Can't read a book. Can't teach it. So how does it learn? I just told you. Theta is hypnosis. It learns how to be a member of a family by observing the mother, the father, and the siblings, and watching them, see how they behave. And it downloads it. First seven years, see, download, see, download. You want to learn to be a member of a community? What, what, are the, what are the rules, you know? A lot of rules. You don't take your clothes off downtown. That's a rule. Okay. I said, where do you get all these rules? I say, you watch, download, and they become programs. So now I say, point of reference right here, 95% of your life is coming from the program. Yes. Where'd you get the programs? Preserving other people. Quick question. Do they have your same wishes and desires that you want? Oh, no? Oh, well, then the programs you downloaded aren't going to get you there because that was not a program they were doing, okay? And then psychologists tell us this, and get ready for this, that 60% or more of your downloads are disempowering, self-sabotaging, and limiting beliefs. of your programs are not supporting you and, in fact, are sabotaging you. I go, wait a minute. If I was playing those programs, I would see it. And I go, no, you see, you forgot something. When you're thinking, you're not looking out. You're the only one that can't see your own behavior because it's playing while you're not paying attention. But everybody else can see it. So I, I, I love this story, Sherry. I've only been telling it for 40 plus years. And I say you have a friend and you know your friend's behavior and you happen to know your friend's parent. And one day you see your friend has the same behavior as the parent. So you tell your friend. Hey, Bill, you're just like your dad. Back away from Bill.
0: Oh, I no. Know,
1: I already know what the hell Bill's going <laughs> to say. You know, what he's going to say, how can you compare me to my dad? I'm nothing like my dad. And almost all of you have had an experience like that. And I say, yeah, let me explain it very simply. He downloaded the behavior from his dad. When does he play it? When he's not paying attention. So he's the only one that doesn't see it. Everybody else does. I say, what is that? Put that now in in Bill's mind. He has wishes and desires. He thinks he's controlling his life with his conscious wishes and desires. I go, no, because he's thinking 95% of the day. His program's controlling his life. Does he see it? no and you know what he looks at his life at that time and he looks out and he goes oh i wanted to be successful i wanted to be healthy i wanted a great romance i wanted a great job i'm not getting it the world i am a victim yes because i have great wishes and they're not manifesting so it must be those people i go okay here's the problem you don't see your own behavior, but everybody else does. And they respond to your behavior. But it's not your behavior. It's your downloaded behavior. You're not living off your wishes and your desires. You're living off your program, which you got from other people. And you don't see it. And because you don't see it, you take on the role. I'm a victim. Why? I wanted to be successful. It's not working. It must be somebody else because I wanted to be successful. I go, Good wish from the conscious mind, but that's not the one controlling. You're being controlled by your programs, okay? And so the whole idea is this. You're not living the life you want. You're living the life of your program. And give you a simple example. Cancer doesn't come from a gene. It comes from a total program. I'll give you an example, you ready? Mm -hmm. They looked at what happened to the fate of children babies adopted into families where there's cancer running in the family. The adopted baby will get the same family cancer, but came from totally different genetics. It wasn't the genes that caused the cancer. It was that programming for seven years. And if there's disharmony and dysfunction, and it's not working right, then your life is a manifestation of disharmony and dysfunction because ninety-five percent of your life are coming from those programs.
0: Okay, I'm going to hold you right there because that is that is actually leading right into my next question, Doctor oh. Linton. Bruce, this <laughs> is
1: my name, Bruce.
0: Okay, Bruce. Uh, thank you for allowing me um, to call you <laughs> to call you by your name.
1: That's my name. That's why I get to respond to. Okay. <laughs>
0: All right, very difficult knowing knowing your back your background and your academic accolades. So, Bruce, yes, you have done a fantastic job of sharing the um, how the subconscious mind actually starts to kick in, and how, for example, like you just said, the baby that is born into a family of the same genetic cancer gets moved and adopted to another family; those seven years are completely different and, um, specific yet that baby never showcases the cancer that the baby that is still in that family does. If I accurately kind of summarized what yes. you just said.
1: Yes. and Let me just, uh, just put a visual image in here, right? Uh, identical twins came from the egg, same egg that split in two before the first division was really completed. So it, each half created its own embryo. So, Two siblings, two brothers, two sisters came from the same genetics. Okay. So both siblings are genetically identical. But guess what? That if you look at their genetic readout after a year, five, 10, 20 years, you keep looking, every year they're alive, their genetic readout changes. Where one could die of cancer at 40 and the other could live to be 100. Okay. One could be obese and the other is super thin hey, they're all the same genetics. What's the difference? The programming that occurs is your response to the world, which you download and change your behavior to accommodate your programming. And your programming can take you in a totally different direction than uh, if you had a genetically identical sibling. And that's why they don't match most of the time. And I go, so that's an important point because you were bringing up the fact is, yeah, What environment is the baby raised in? Because the imprint of that environment is the programming that will be passed on to that child for how much does it control its life. Let me give you a simple thing. Uh, The Catholic group called the Jesuits have had a saying for 400 years, and an absolute true saying. They said, give me the child until it is seven, and I will show you the man. Now, people have heard that for 400 years, but they didn't. Oh, that's nice. Oh, that's nice. Good, Whatever. They didn't get it. What they were saying is exactly what the science is showing. Exactly. Programming for seven years and 95% of the life is the program. Give me a child until it is seven. I will show you the man because they knew whatever program they put in would be expressed 95% of that person's life
0: you're reading my mind okay here here (laughs) we go what i'm going to ask is so let's take seven years of dysfunction yeah i now have another hundred to live yeah now we bring bruce into the equation because we're talking about the mind and we're talking about well-being yeah and one of the keys in the third book that honeymoon that we all want The honeymoon effect, this, this melds right into what the listener is hearing, which is I have control. Yes. We empower someone and we lift them up and we tell them that the environment with all of its pieces is, is one of the aspects that's going to create the outcomes that that creative mind is desiring. So now show me, take away the seven years of the man. (laughs) Thank you to the the Catholicism and bring it back to how do we reprogram?
1: Oh, well, let's get to the simple reality. The Matrix movie is not science fiction. The Matrix movie is a documentary. I go, what do you mean? Premise, everybody's been programmed. I go, that's not a premise. That's basic reality. Everybody's been programmed. Okay. Number two, in the movie, there was an option to take a red pill that gets you out of the program. I go, yep. I say, most people on this broadcast have taken that red pill at one time in their life, and it changed their life in 24 hours. I say, what was that pill? (laughs) Falling in love. And the reason is this, and science has recognized, that when you fall in love, you stop thinking because you want to be there. Thinking takes you out. Staying present keeps you there. Well, you just met somebody. Your whole life has been jolted. It's not time to think. It's time to be there and experience it. So guess what? The moment you fall in love, you stop thinking. I go, so what does that mean? I said, you stop playing the program. Why? Because the programs only play when you're thinking. So I said, what happens when you stop thinking? Ah, the conscious mind only used to be 5%. Now it's over 90% control. Your wishes and desires in your mind start manifesting. I go, what's your wish and desire? Love, joy, happiness, the honeymoon, heaven on earth. I say, yeah, your life was blah, 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 blah. You meet somebody, 24 hours later, oh, man, life is so beautiful. I love life, you know. I go, what the hell happened? You stopped playing the program, and now you're creating with what? The conscious mind, which is the creator mind. And it's called the honeymoon. And that's where you and your partner are co-creating a life of heaven on earth. That's what it's all about. But then guess what? At some point, at some point, you have a job. You have responsibilities. things you got to do. You start thinking. Uh Uh-oh. What do you mean, uh uh-oh? You never played your programs during the honeymoon." It's the programs that have the negative doo-doo in there, okay? And they never came out with you and your partner until you started thinking. And once you started thinking, you unconsciously, you played a program. My story is simple. My mother and father had a very dysfunctional relationship. I'm a kid, up to seven years old, downloading my father's behavior because that in my world life is what I will be the man and I will look for a partner that has the characters of my mother because I'm watching her okay but what did I download dysfunctional behavior because that's what it was that I was observing and guess what no relationship over 40 years of my life why because once I start a relationship and then I start playing some of my programs people look at me just like I don't want to be around that guy. And then all of a sudden, they're not there. Then I have nobody. Okay. I go, what was the point? I didn't see the damn programs. My partner saw them. And there's a point where she can accept some. And there's a point where, no, don't can't do that program. Okay. So I go, oh, I had bad programming. So guess what? And we talked about this a little while and come back to it. Is you can rewrite the program i go what did i do i rewrote my relationship ideas of what i want in a relationship right. clear clear and i said so what i changed the damn program then guess what i was broadcasting for a different kind of relationship than i was before before, I was looking for somebody to give me that happiness. What is that? That's, <laughs> uh, you know, that. what kind of behavior is that? that you know, oh, it's, oh, codependency. Ooh, what does that mean? If you come to me and be my partner, then I expect you to keep me happy. And it's like, well, that doesn't work. You have to make yourself happy first. And that was beginning of a reprogramming. It was, and I changed my program and and the beautiful part about it is what okay true life story because it's a moment of dr lipton's going to tell the true story well i was living in the caribbean still looking for somebody to fill that empty space give me that happiness and i had this beautiful villa i had a great job i had money in my pocket i work one day a week i have you know six days a week to hang out on the beach in the yard you know and hang out and all that. i have a great place but I'm looking for somebody. And I went down to the yacht club one day and I saw this uh, yacht come in and a woman came off and we struck up a conversation. She was just hanging out with friends, traveling on the yacht. And then I said, oh, I'm going to use this as a pickup line. I said, this is a great. The universe gave me the pickup line. I go, what is it? I said, hey, if you're not doing anything, you want to come and live over my villa? You know, I, what, I got a cook and a gardener and a pool tender and I got a beautiful beach and all that, ah, ah, great line. And she looked at me And she looked me straight in the face, and she said, I can't be with you. You're too needy. Boom. Oh, man. Slapped me in the face. Woke me right up. Because I sat there, and I took it in. And actually, I said to her, thank you. I needed that. Thank you. I walked away from that lunch. On the way home, I reviewed my particular situation. Healthy. Great job living in the most beautiful part of the world, money in the pocket, I can do what I want at this moment. I said, you can't be happy with that, Lipton? (laughs) I said, you're not looking for anybody anymore until you learn to be happy with yourself. And guess what? I learned how to change that dysfunctional program, that unhappiness behavior stuff that I downloaded. And then I changed it and I became the creator. I took my conscious creative wish and programmed it as a subconscious program. So whether I'm conscious and going for my wish or whether I'm thinking of my subconscious going for the same wish, I still get to the same place. I met my partner Margaret but 30 years ago we've been on a honeymoon for 30 years. I say it didn't start out that way always at the beginning because we both knew about programming, so what did we do in the beginning part? When a program would come up, most people would get in an argument because, what did you say? And the person who said something that was wrong goes, what are you talking about? Why? Because it was a program. They didn't see it, so they, what are you talking about? And then the an argument, blah, blah, blah. Honeymoon over. But what if you knew your partner's behavior that wasn't that good, it wasn't your partner's choice, but the program? well then there's no argument with the partners it's an argument with the subject subconscious drive so then instead of an argument it's like well you want to change the program yeah well, you can change the program so let's change the program and then very quickly any of the negative parts that would throw a monkey wrench into the relationship were reprogrammed to have wishes and desires and i say so what was the result so whether i'm paying attention or whether i'm not paying attention I'm going to the same destination, heaven on earth, and health, because that's part of it. So it really comes down to understanding what's your program. I go well, first of all, simple. Ninety-five percent of your life is the program. Your life is a printout of your program. So I say, what does that mean? I say you can stop right now, and look at your life, and recognize this simple fact: the things that you like. And they come into your life, and you go, oh, I love that. And it comes here, oh, I love that, I love that. I go, they're there because you have a program to support those things, okay? But, and this is the whole monkey wrench of your life, my life, everybody's life, monkey wrench is this. I have these great wishes, but I'm not manifesting them. And I say, you're not manifesting them because you're not controlling your subconscious program where the program started, okay? And the fact is, then you are the program. And so look at your life now and go, not the things that you're like that come into your life, the things that you desire and you work hard, you put effort into it. I'm sweating over it. I'm gonna, I'm making this happen. I'm working on it. <laughs> Why are you working so hard? You know what? Your program doesn't support that destination, whatever it is you wanted. And I say, so what? Now your life is a perpetual struggle. Because you're up against a program working 95% of the day that is antagonistic to what you want, and you can't see the program, and you didn't even know you were playing the program, but this is the wake-up call. If you know you're playing the program, you don't like the program, don't change the outside world, change the program, because the moment you change the program, the life changes, your genetics changes. Why? Your mind is creating the wishes and desires. It causes the brain to put the chemistry of that wish or desire into the blood, and the chemistry of that blood goes out to the cells, controls the genetics, controls the behavior to do what? Manifest the image. Is it an image of fear or is it an image of love? That's 100% different. (laughs) You get two different worlds based on are you living in love or are you living in fear? And since stress is the biggest cause of illness on this planet, guess what? The fear is sneaking into your life. You watch the media. Oh, is it going to give you any, hey, help, and life is great. And I go, watch the media and tell me what everything is wrong. Disease, war, blah, 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 blah. I said, what's your program? Life sucks. I go, oh, be careful because if that's your vision in your head you will totally manifest the genetics and behavior to manifest exactly that vision because you are creating
0: what the beautiful part is here bruce <laughs> is that you went full circle from starting with a ho- with the medical model you brought it all the way through to a holistic model in being able to take your 40 or 50 years of experience and doing exactly since you and I share the same, if he was here with us right now, he would probably beam, but um, Albert Einstein, we clearly love him um, because he Boy, yeah. he saw so much beauty and you just took 40 to 50 years of experience in, and you simplified it. And as Albert Einstein would say, if you can't explain it simply, you just don't understand it well enough. And it it comes to, we ask and we shall receive, and that's a critical quote. And, and your light bulbs are going off, so I'm gonna I'm gonna turn it back to you because you glow with um, experience and energy. So so share with me when I said that. What did you just think when I said, "Ask and you shall receive"?
1: Because the function of the mind. Listen, if I summarize it right here, if you could write it down, make a little plaque to remember every day the function of the mind is to create coherence between your belief and your reality. I say, what does that mean? Well, if you have a negative belief, the function of the mind is to manifest behaviors to express that belief. If you have a healthy, loving, positive belief, then the function of the mind is to give you the behavior and the destination to manifest that belief. And all of a sudden I go, that's the point. It's the field that governs the matter, Albert Einstein. The consciousness is the field. The field is translated into that chemistry. So I'll just give you a quick shot. If you have a picture of love in your mind, the chemistry you release includes uh, dopamine, pleasure, that's in the blood, oxytocin, yeah, that bonds you with your partner. Growth hormone, I go, what is that? It's just what it says. When you get growth hormone in the system, it enhances your vitality. No kidding. When people fall in love, they get healthy. When they fall in love, oh, look there, how they glow. That glow is health, man. It comes from love, okay? Uh, uh, And it becomes so important to understand that this is exactly the nature of why it's be cautious of what you're thinking because you will manifest it. Because your thought will be translated in genetics and behavior going toward that. So a stressful thought does not release love chemistry. It releases stress chemistry, which shuts down your gut because it needs the blood that was in the gut that was taking care of your body. It needs it in your arms and legs because stress has run away. So the first thing that happens when stress hormones are in your body, you can feel queasy in your stomach, Ooh, the butterflies in the stomach. I'll tell you what it is. Blood vessels shutting down. I say, why? Because it pushes the blood to the arms and legs because blood's where the energy comes from to run away from the tiger. Number two, I mentioned that you can transplant an organ, but you have to shut off the recipient's immune system. How do they do that? Before the transplant, they give the patient stress hormones. Why? They shut off the immune system. I said, why? You know how much energy the immune system uses? You ever been sick? Didn't get? You didn't get out of bed?
0: Shut down. Why
1: You ran out of energy? <laughs> yeah, if you're running from a tiger, uh, hell with the immune system because if the tiger catches you, you're dead meat anyway. So guess what? Stress hormones shut off the immune system so the energy can be used to run away from the tiger. And... It shuts down intelligence, the same thing. Blood vessels in the conscious creative part squeeze shut. You know why? Pushes the blood to the reaction, the back, the subconscious, fastest lightning speed. Okay? So, what does that mean? Shut down the the organs of the gut, you stop maintaining the body. Shut down the immune system, you stop protecting the interior of the body. Shut down the intelligence, You become a victim and then surrender to anybody else who says they have power, and you will say, whatever it costs, I will pay for that, whether it's the pharmaceutical company thinking they're going to control your life with pharmaceutical drugs, although 300,000 Americans die every year from prescription drugs, which is a lot greater than the number of people who die from illegal drugs, but everybody goes, oh, prescription drugs, that's doing medicine. I go, not good enough, folks not good enough. And yet the prescription companies are the ones that say you have a failure in your life. do not th- It's not your head. It's in your body. And they'll give you the chemistry that they think is going to get you back to health, but they never touch the source. The source was not in the body. The source was the mind above the body. And this is that, so beautiful. It's, so it, it,
0: you come back to a place that everyone needs to recognize and have that reality too, which is, you know, we come from a place in, in, in when we talk about creating our outcomes and chiropractic comes back into that. And I think the years that you have spent inside the medical model and then coming out to this holistic model, it, it's, a, it's a full um, circle is that you recognize that, yes, chemistry does play a role, but that the chemistry comes from a different place. And that's where I think the beauty is in chiropractic is we understand that it's the external forces that change our reality. Yeah,
1: and remember I said quantum physics is the most valid science on this planet. It deals with the fact of energy and the flow of energy. And I go, well, isn't that interesting? because D.D. Palmer was there even before the recognition of quantum physics and said it's all due to vibration and tone and sending that vibration through the system. I go, oh, he was only about 30 years ahead of the quantum physicist. Right. But he was right, and he talked about spirituality, and it was called innate intelligence. And, and universal intelligence, God, it's all energy. Innate intelligence is your spiritual energy separated from universal intelligence, which is the intelligence of the universe, which is God's energy. And D.D. Palmer was 100% right. It's the interference of sending the message where the diseases come from. And the nervous system and the blood are the carriers of that information. And that's why... I got out of the medical profession. I kept trying to say, take this drug, take this drug. And I said, don't even put your hands in the system. Don't put your nothing in the system. The system is self-regulating, self-maintaining it. Just help get the system to get the information across. And in chiropractic, there are three sources of what are called subluxations, which are the name for dysfunction in this case. Source number one is trauma. Yes, you fall off the curb, you hurt your back, you interfere with nervous transmission. Of course, it's going to cause a dissociation of health. It's going to be a subluxation. Number two, toxins. Yeah. If you put (laughs) non-usable crap in your system by eating industrial food and junk food and all that, remember, why did you eat the food? You were making culture medium for the cells. I never compromise on culture meeting because in the lab, if I put in a lesser value ingredient, I would. I can watch the cells in 10, 15 minutes die oh. from not being in a nutritious environment. So eat well, eat organic, eat natural. It's the industrial farming that's made the crops look good, last long, and have no nutritional value at this point. So first thing was what? Trauma, then toxins, and Dee Dee said thought. What? I go, Now that's the one. It's the thought that takes your machine and puts it out of harmony and out of balance. I said, consider your body a vehicle. And I say, look, go to the junkyard. You got a hundred cars stacked on top of each other here, junk cars. I say, What caused those cars to be here? And you say, Oh, dysfunction in the mechanism. I go, No. may have had a dysfunction in manufacture. The rest of those cars in this junkyard, driver problem. The driver didn't do right, and the car then ended up in the junkyard. I'm saying the same thing about jeans. Jeans are the mechanism got you here. Less than 1% causes any problem in your vehicle. Over 90% of it is clearly driver problem. You're the driver of a vehicle. And if you don't understand, you didn't get driver education that was good. You can drive your vehicle into the ground. And I'm going to tell you a fact that you have to wake up for, and Dr. Sherry's going to probably continue with us at some point. 80 to 90% of every one of us Cannot test positive for I love myself. I go, what's the reason? I said, if you don't love yourself, then you're not going to take care of yourself. you're not going to have a relationship that lasts. You're going to push people away. Because if you can't love yourself, nobody else can technically love you. Because you're going to say, Well, hey, you got bad quality control. I know I'm not lovable. So if you say you love me, something's wrong with you. And you'll push them away, and then nobody will be there. And then you go, see? Nobody loves me. I go, your invisible behavior, like my dysfunctional, push them away. Okay? And all of a sudden it says, yeah, this is the system that you're working with. And the matrix is documentary, so you can look at that again. And you can recognize what Dr. Sherry is saying and what chiropractic has been saying because I left the medical profession because chiropractic was built on the concept of spirituality, number one, quantum physics, number two. And its accuracy is beyond medicine. Okay? And what is its function? Clear the system of communication because it's the communications between your mind and your body where the problems come from and if you understand that then change the communication
0: beautifully said and it ends that proverb that we shared at the beginning ask and you shall receive seek and you shall find and that's what this podcast has brought to you is you you've sought it out you're here with us now and now the last part is knock, and the door shall open unto you. And that's your mind, and that's why Dr. Lipton, it has been such a delight to have you today because you brought it all home. You understand what so many still don't in in the the fundamental workings of well being is. You have control, and once you have control the environment that you place yourself in and like you did with your stem cells is all up to you. A sincere thank you. I know there was so much involved in this. I I promise and I hope Dr. Lipton, you will share and come back again because I know there's so much more we can dive into, but what a pleasure, what an honor. And thank you um, from one of my recent um, colleagues to you, Dr. Jerry Klum, to whom we all love in our profession. I thank you because you have brought so much wisdom, kindness, graciousness to not only the profession of chiropractic, but to the population around the world.
1: Sherry, I want to thank you. And I really want to thank our audience because you're the creative people, okay? Cultural creatives. You want to put a label on, I'm a cultural creative. And that means what? You're the one that can take power over your life. And as you take power over your life and your life gets better, those around you will finally ask, what are you doing? Because I want what you're doing. And that's why each one of you is really the potential teacher of a new civilization. So thanks for listening.
0: What a blessing. Thank you, Dr. Lipton. I want to thank you for tuning into Adjusted Reality as we spoke to Dr. Bruce Lipton about his latest book called The Biology of Belief. But let me tell you, there is some fabulous information found also in spontaneous evolution. And as he spoke about the honeymoon effect, it really depends on where you are in your life and how you want to use the information he just gave you. And there was a lot there. Listen, I want to read from the biology of belief because it kind of summarizes what Dr. Lipton so beautifully and eloquently put together. Your beliefs become your thoughts. Your thoughts become your words. Your words become your actions, your actions become your habits, your habits become your values, and your values become your destiny. And it's you coming here today that changes the way you look at things. So in fact, the things you look at change. So thank you. Now, this podcast was brought to you by the Foundation for Chiropractic Progress And as a special gift for listening today, you can visit f4cp.org slash health. And there you'll get a copy of our Chiropractic Care, A Natural Approach to Health at Every Stage of Life ebook. Now, don't forget to subscribe. Share this podcast with family and friends. Rate and review. If you're feeling so inspired to learn more about chiropractic, or to find a doctor of chiropractic near you, visit f4cp.org slash find a doctor. We appreciate your support and we look forward to checking in with you again soon.